This is Brian. And this is John. And you're listening to episode seven of The Big Balance. You're listening to The Big Balance, the podcast for anybody looking for clear, simple advice they can actually apply. Give us a little of your time each week and we'll help you figure out work, life, and everything in between. So, Brian, let me ask you something. Are you familiar with either of the names Billy Mitchell or John McCurdy? I am not. In some circles, I would consider these names, or I guess some would consider these names synonymous with greatness, legendary status, enshrined as the best of all time. But I would say for most, these names almost sound like run-of-the-mill, maybe even like next-door neighbor type names. But these two gentlemen are actually record holders. John McCurney is currently holding the high score, and Billy Mitchell being one of the first, more popular of these high score champions of, drumroll please, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, okay. Yes, yes, Donkey Kong. And I'm sure if you ask these gentlemen, they would tell you that it was no easy feat. Probably took some time, dedication, probably countless hours of hard work. And even more so, I'd bet they say they would consider themselves successful. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. What makes someone successful, or better yet, what defines success? Obviously, success isn't a one-size-fits-all equation. We all set different standards, benchmarks, and goals for ourselves. While you can ask me what I consider success, I'm sure there's an infinite number of retorts or responses to my definition. So the question remains, how do you define success? What does success require? Answers like hard work, dedication, passion, these are buzzwords, and they all carry a lot of weight. But the meaning you ascribe to these words is what matters. Let's take a look at how others define success, and then maybe we can start to work on our own definition. The reason I'm familiar with the name Billy Mitchell, and I'm sure if anybody's listening might be familiar with the name Billy Mitchell, um, I think there was a documentary from 2007, and forgive me for not actually remembering the name right now, Future John here. The name of the documentary, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Yeah, so Billy Mitchell's uh, from this uh, documentary from 2007 detailing the the kind of the battle between him and his competitor to get that high score. But Brian, I want to ask you something. What's something you would say is an achievement of yours that you're proud of? And, and I don't want to take away from anything related to this, but let's try to stick away from things like family or avoid things like family. Let's give me something like the Donkey Kong example. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, you know, and, and this is the, the fun thing about photography. It's almost like hunting in the sense that sometimes you can take a dozen shots that are just pure garbage. And then there's a few that you get that are just the perfect moment in time. Sometimes I go out with a camera and I, I get that one decisive moment. When the and this is gonna date this because I don't think there's been anything. Well, there've been a few races since COVID came out, but the last Philly marathon, I went out shooting with a friend, and I got a few really good pictures of a runner in the very last stretch of the race, seeing a family member cheering them on and going over and like hugging them right at the end, and it, it was just like a perfect moment. I was very uh, very proud of that. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's kind of like the more emotional side of did, did you ever see that uh, image from the one marathon where it was the runner who was like perfectly smiling at the camera? Like it looked like a model just shot him just like big old white pearly white smile. Did you ever see I, that one? Yeah, but you know, the thing about race photography, especially marathon photography, what you never see are the dozens and dozens of shots of severely bloody nipples. <laughs> did you know that was a thing? I didn't know that until my first race. <laughs> so I know that because of the episode of The Office. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real and it is terrifying. All right, all right. Well, welcome um, to the bloody nipple episode of the Big Balance Podcast. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's, uh, that's that's a good life tip: how to avoid bloody nipples. Put tape on them, suckers, when you're running a marathon. That's going to be the next episode. That's the next episode. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, so I have a really bad example. I have, I guess, a, a recent achievement that I would consider myself proud of. But sticking with the uh, the video game theme that we have going here, um, not too long ago, my brother-in-law, for a gift, received... Did you ever play the... Um, do you know the game Golden Tee, the arcade console game? Oh, yes. Huge. I, w- I mean, at least was hugely popular for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother-in-law got one of those for, I want to say, a birthday or something like that. But it's like a miniature version of the console, but it's still pretty, you know, it's hefty. It's pretty, you know, pretty heavy duty, and it's actually pretty nice. Well, he got one of those, and he's pretty good. He has years of practice in dive bars during his college and early 20s. And as my dad likes to joke, since he's been working from home since before the pandemic, he takes plenty of coffee or, or water cooler breaks, as he'll say, uh, meaning he, he'll play a couple holes to pass the time, which is something we discussed on a previous episode as far as how to reward yourself with little breaks during the day, if you'd like to go back and revisit that episode. Um, good plug, yeah, good self Thank plug. you, thank you. But um, yeah, the moral of this here is he gets plenty of practice, and I forget when it was, but we recently played a nine-hole game, and I won. And needless to say, I was the most gracious winner of all time. I didn't boast or brag one bit, and I kept my composure. Of course not. I let him have it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was proud of this. And in the moment, I considered this success. This was success for me. You know how people use the phrase such and such is the definition of success? Like somebody does something perfectly or or something is done flawlessly. We call it the definition of success. I'm looking at Webster's definition. Is less what than is the definition of the success? Yeah. Webster's definition of success is the degree or measure of succeeding. And it, it's a little bit sad, and it, it kind of makes me think that the definition of success is not really the definition of success. <laughs> and, and how sad is that? I'm, I'm a little disappointed right now. Yeah. Kind of tells me I can't phone this in and just, you know, Google a topic during a recording and hoping to get anything useful. Not that you would ever do anything like that, right? Oh, no, never. <laughs> but actually, you kind of set me up here, and if anybody's listening, we totally had this planned. Uh, but after the break, I wanted to chat more about how we can actually level set and maybe redefine success for ourselves. So I'm thinking that by setting these little benchmarks for ourselves, you can maybe hopefully lead to a more fulfilling career. Let's be careful not to to set too many goals or benchmarks for ourselves along the way and really kind of just enjoy the ride. So after the break, a little bit more on that. Side note, I did not know that's where we were going, so totally lucky then. No, that, that was actually perfect. I can't believe you. I was like I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't even need to set that up. Did not did not know that's where we were good, headed. Good on so. you. Good on you. Good, good job. Yeah. Good yeah. teamwork. It's like we're having a conversation <laughs> right? or something. Right? 
Brian, in chatting with you, I know we talked a little bit about what would be success for us, whether that be our careers or our personal or professional lives, heck, even this podcast that we're doing. That kind of got me thinking a little bit as far as what has been success for me and what would I consider success in the future. Kind of got me thinking a little bit about maybe some local examples uh, in my neighborhood and then expanding a little bit beyond that. Maybe we'll say, you know, national or international examples of of folks who have been successful. Kind of got me thinking about what they consider success along the way. So I'm sure Somebody will say a Steve Jobs or a Bill Gates didn't just wake up one day and say, well, I made it. That's it. This is success. This is what it looks like, folks. Soak it all in. I'm sure there was you know, certain milestones or benchmarks that they had along the way that got them to where they wanted to be. And I think that's an important thing to do along the way, especially with your career. And it's one thing that I've been doing lately in my own life, and it's proven pretty successful for me, no pun intended there, but I've really benefited from setting these both short-term and long-term goals. So an example I can give you in my local community, and without naming names, someone around the corner from Rachel's uh, parents, actually, is a pretty successful contractor. He was somebody who kind of got a lot of local work, and it's a similar story to what my dad does as far as how he finds uh, some clients that he works with. And it's just kind of getting that reputation, getting that name out, and building that brand, if you will. And through the years, uh, Rachel saw his own house develop into this beautiful home because he is a successful contractor and even more so Rachel's parents have gotten work done by him as well and that kind of got me thinking that that was pretty a great example of a on a short scale somebody who really found success and and I think he would consider himself pretty happy to see that he's put his girls through college and that they live in a really nice neighborhood and they have a have a great home and I think that's something that a lot of folks would consider maybe not to quote you earlier, Brian, but the definition of success, building that home and building that family. And the one thing, too, and you, you mentioned Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and others, when we're talking about people who are successful, a lot of times I think we look at these people and say, man, that's an overnight success story right there. But the truth of it is people spend years and years and years getting to the point to become a overnight success. And I think a lot of people don't give credit where credit is due, where success doesn't happen overnight. It is it is a slow build up. And I think your example of that neighborhood success story is a great example. It's it's not about having a, an overnight phenomena. It's about building up a company over time, building reputation uh, and, and really capitalizing on it. Yeah. And I think one thing that you're kind of touching on a little bit or maybe just kind of teetering around is it's usually not just kind of one person picking themselves up by their bootstraps and 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 building up that brand. It's kind of played out a bit. And there's this mentality that it's, you know, you do it by yourself, but there's always a team and there's always a support in your corner that kind of makes that happen, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think no man's an island and everybody does need a support structure to really get I don't care how you're defining success if you don't have people in your corner not even necessarily contributing directly to it, but at least cheering you on, at, at least being the, the soundboard you need or the shoulder to cry on during the bad times, I, I think is critical. Yeah, and not that you've been a shoulder to cry on for me, Brian, but you've definitely been a soundboard <laughs> in the past, so I appreciate that. Thank you, you for that. You can cry on my shoulder if, you, if we ever see each other in, in uh, real life again in person. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's gonna happen at some point. It's just I don't know. You're is the you're a little bit taller than me, so the shoulder it I might not work down. out. You know. <laughs> 
but um, kind of using that same example of um, not necessarily a contractor, but there's another company that I'm familiar with that was uh, started actually in the Delaware County area. They're a home remodeling group. They started off in a small factory space in the city and worked their way up buying other properties. And now it's expanded. I know they have operations all the way down to Virginia. They're working their way up and establishing presence in certain regions before they go in and they set their sights too high and say, we're going to tackle this entire country and we're going to take it by storm. Point being here, set small markers and goals for yourself and achieve those attainable goals to really get to where you want to go long term. And to any contractors out there, you, you've you heard how we've covered your industry at least a handful <laughs> of times on this show. If you're looking for a, a, an advertising uh, direction to go, we're more than happy to work with you. So give us a call. I like that. I like that a lot. That's that's, that's me plugging the, the financial angle here. That's my definition yeah. of success for this podcast. It's, 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 it's getting a, 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 you know what, specifically a contractor as a sponsor. <laughs> I feel like that's got to be one of the first sponsors we get at this point, right? I, I You know what? We're going to start pushing it so for for all the future listeners out there just know when we hit your market that's why to cap this all off it's a lot easier to commit to shorter term smaller goals to help you reach those longer term goals so one thing that i've been doing lately and the reason i mentioned it earlier is because i've been committing to smaller goals for myself to really help me get point a to point b and i don't want to come off overly too much like the self-help guru and i intentionally say guru brian (laughs) Um, hashtag podcast hashtag gurus yes yes exactly but without coming off as too self-help here i think this is something that a lot of folks can agree on here is that by setting these attainable reasonable goals it helps you achieve those longer term goals And it makes me feel better about myself and the work I'm doing. And at the end of the day, it makes each day feel like a success. I would agree with you, but there is one thing I would caution you about and and anybody else who's really trying to to plan out some goals to get to success as well. Lay Um, it on me. Yeah. So you know me. I'm a planner. I'm, I'm an overthinker. That can be really useful at times. It can also be really ineffective at other times. And there's a a risk of being too heavily of a planner in this situation. Thinking about success and planning to achieve it, I like to think about it like potential versus kinetic energy, right? You're not successful by thinking about doing something. You're successful by doing it, by converting that potential energy into kinetic energy. I'll give a really easy example of that. John, how long did it take us to go from the offhand comment, and like, hey, man, we should start a podcast, to actually stumbling through episode one? <laughs> I don't even want to know. I, I would imagine it was at least, I would say, at least a month of going back and forth and just you know, saying, hey, we should do it. Yeah, I think I think we could, man. You know, you say at least, but think about the side project I had been planning with another friend. I might have talked about it on the podcast, but in case I didn't, we were talking about starting a blog. We had spent a lot of time planning it out and and really talking through it, way more than you and I did before we recorded episode one. And it was a lot of fun to think about, but that's all it really was. It was thinking about it. It didn't end up going anywhere. And I don't know where this podcast is going to go, but I do know that at the very least, we're here doing it now. We're making progress, and I think that counts for something. And the risk, going back to the risk of overthinking, a weird thing happens when you just think about doing something or talk about doing something. Your brain produces the same reward chemicals that it would 
if you were actually doing it. So we get into this really dangerous area of overplanning where if we feel just as good thinking about it as we would doing it and thinking about it so much easier, sometimes we put off doing indefinitely and just think, man, this is something I'm going to do one day and we never actually get around to doing it. I think that's great advice and that's something that I've definitely fallen trapped to plenty of times when it comes to music and planning with me and the friends saying we should jam oh we should start a band we should do this so i think that is a good caution to the wind for folks there when we talked about defining success i wonder how much we should define it based on effort versus outcome it's a continuum and i know you can't focus exclusively on the effort route that's where the whole i guess participation trophy mentality comes in but at the same time to be human is to be an imperfect being, right? And on the other side, life's not a straight line. It kind of curves and forks, and what we want today isn't necessarily where we'll be tomorrow. So focusing on the outcomes on the other side too heavily, isn't that also kind of bad? Because it kind of stops us from living that dynamic life and being happy in the moment. And I kind of wonder how many people are so stressed out worrying about the outcomes that they're chasing that they never stop and really enjoy the pursuit of the success, not even the success itself, just trying to get there. I think that's really the essence of stop and smell the roses, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's about the journey. But when we're chasing success, I don't know that it's uh, easy to take the blinders off and be mindful and realize that. That's one thing that we all need to remind ourselves of, and I know recently I've had to remind myself of that as well in planning for a career and planning for a future and even more so planning for a wedding and planning for a family. You kind of can't really see the forest through the trees, I guess, and you you get too caught up. Um, I guess it's actually the opposite of the forest through the trees there. I'm too worried about you know jumping ahead and not not focus too much on kind of achieving these individual tasks. I've not given you wedding advice. I feel like that's something every married couple does to every about to be married couple. <laughs> I get and, and to be cliche, the biggest advice is don't take any advice about weddings. And I, I, <laughs> I do hold true to that. But one thing I'll say, and because it, it's related to this topic, right before I got married, I had a friend whose sole piece of advice was avoid the madness. Don't get involved as the groom keep six feet away at all times. I feel like I understand where he was coming from, but at the same time, in terms of living in the moment and enjoying what life is, not just where you're trying to end up, getting ready for a wedding, it's so easy to get caught up in everything you're doing is prep for that one day. But there's so much fun in the prep if you actually stop and realize, I've never thought I, John Sepsi, would be in this store with a bunch of flowers all around me picking the, <laughs> the perfect off-white shade for this rose, but here I am in this crazy situation with this woman I love, and that's it's, it's a moment of your life, and don't let it just be a check in a box that you're doing towards this one day. It's, it's a whole process, and appreciate it and enjoy it. This might be the most sentimental we ever get on this podcast, but Brian, that was really sweet, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, and if you're a wedding planner, we are always looking for sponsorships, so by all means, <laughs> reach out to us. Uh, I really, really like that as a recurring theme. <laughs> Constant pandering. Uh, Constant pandering for yeah. uh, for sponsorships. Yes, that, that is a recurring theme. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, that was great. I think that that's actually really, really great content there. So I'm glad you brought that up. Well, there you have it. In the books. Baker's Dozen. Um, yes. 
<laughs> Do you feel successful yet? Uh, I, I, I feel like, ask me again in about a year and see how many listeners we have at that point. I think that's a great strategy. Thanks for listening to the Big Balance Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a comment while you're there. Until next time.